In the season premiere of Studio Inter, we'll be reviewing Inter's Mercato and Crazy Summer together with James Horncastle. We'll be discussing whether Suning's Inter project is dead or not, expectations on Simone Inzaghi, Lukaku's legacy, this week's Moratti, Moji and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on SempreInter.com. Bentornati, benvenuti to another season of Studio Inter. Uh, I'm your host, Nima Tarale Ruzzari, wishing you welcome. Hope you've all had a nice, relaxing uh, summer, um, far away from all things Inter, because that's been anything but relaxing and enjoyable, as as expected. But uh, before we get to all of that, let me introduce my panelist. He's the SempreInter.com preview writer and Mr. our own in-house Mr. Positivity, and God knows we need it and need him, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, restocked, uh, refreshed over the summer with a whole bag of uh, positivity. So uh, yeah, no worries, guys. <laughs> how, how, yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you later how, how you've been going, like how you've lived through all this. Um, we're also joined by our good friend, Alex Dono over in Florida. Welcome, Mr. Alex. Alex Dono, how are you doing? How's, how's the summer been? Um, I mean, aside from Inter taking several years off my life, it's been a good summer overall. I'm, you know, I'm still enjoying, believe it or not, I'm still enjoying the Scudetto. I'm also still, of course, enjoying Italy's triumph in the Euros, so it's not all bad. No, it, it was a good summer for Calcio. And, and you've got a new show. It's Dono Daily and Five Rings Canes on Five Reasons Sports, and you're also the host of Calcio Connection, so people make sure to check that out. And we're also joined by our good friend, uh, TSM producer, uh, Mr. Michael Gallo all the way from Toronto. How's things over there? Are you guys in lockdown or are you guys allowed out again? What's going on? Uh, no one knows what's going on right now. We're just, <laughs> some people are out, some people are not. It's just, uh, we, we're we just doing whatever they tell us to do and we keep doing it. Luckily for me, I wouldn't say luckily, but I tore my Achilles the, the day before Spinazzola Ooh. did his. So it was crazy when he tore his Achilles. Uh, I had just done, done mine the day before when he did it in the Belgium game. So I've been already locked down anyway, so it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> Jesus, um, I hope you get well soon. Yeah. We're um, almost there. We're almost yeah. there. I'm, walk, I'm walking soon. <clears throat> oh, good, glad to hear. Um, well, and we're, as I also mentioned, we're, we're joined by a very special guest, uh, Mr. James Horncastle, the Athletics Energizer Bunny in terms of producing content. He never stops. Welcome back, James. Uh, pleasure to be back. Wow, I can't believe Michael seems to be so positive about tearing his Achilles, uh, like <laughs> sharing this experience with well, 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 that's It's a dreadful injury. Well, that's because uh, he's an Inter fan and he's used to like that. You got if you don't turn, if you don't look at like this kind of lemon lemonade situation, you 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 get you go crazy. Um, I, I'm really glad that you could come on for a season premiere because I remember you were on last time, last last uh, like towards the end of last season, and we were talking. And you said that, you know, enjoy it while you can. This isn't, you know, this is going to be, you know, pretty much two players are probably going to leave big players. And I said, well, and I remember it clearly because my reaction was, well, if they think that, then they've really underestimated how this fan base is mood wise. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be protests and and riots, etc. Well, we've kind of we're both were kind of right. There haven't been any riots, but there's been quite a bit of death threats towards Suning and Zhang and 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 you were absolutely right they sold Lukaku and Hakimi um Conte's gone um I I don't even know where to begin 
um how do you i mean have we have you ever can you remember anything like this ever before yeah i grew up supporting leeds united um, <laughs> so you think it's bad uh there's, there's, there's been worse cases uh in the past i mean that was a that was a fire sale over two seasons um of a very talented squad um that was you know unsustainable uh given the financial model that uh the owner at the time had, had kind of put in place or envisaged, envisaged. Um, and so, you know, I, I, looking ahead to Inter's first game of the season against Genoa next uh, Saturday, um, you know, I, I still see it as not glass half full um, because I, I, I understand how big <clears throat> losing a serial winner like Conte is, um, your talisman, Lukaku, and also, you know, in Hakimi, the player who was the difference between year one and year two, i.e. finishing second and getting to the uh, getting to the Europa League final and then actually winning the league by however many points it was, 12 points. So it has been a big blow, but I still look at Inter and think, you know, if Conte, uh, you know, forget all the financial problems. Let's say, you know, Conte gets approached by Real Madrid and Paris Saint-Germain, decides he wants to leave. I think if you look domestically, the coach you get is Simone Inzaghi. Uh, I think he's deserved this this chance. Um, yeah, the guy who hasn't worked for Juventus but has won the most trophies um, in the last decade, albeit Super Cups and a Coppa Italia. Uh, got Lazio into the Champions League first time in 13 years and in the first kind of COVID-impacted season actually had them in the title race. Let's not forget that until they had to play that compressed series of fixtures um, from, what, June onwards. I then look at uh, the rest of the team and they've lost two players. Um, and okay, they've lost a lot of goals with those players, but um, the defence is, is still intact. You know, I would have thought that, yeah, Skriniar would have... There'd have been a lot more rumours around him, given, for example, going back to last summer when Spurs flew out for talks um, about signing him and, and he was he was out of their price bracket. So the defence is intact. Um, obviously, the, the, you have the Ericsson situation, which you know, they've taken Chalinolu on a free transfer, but I'm really excited to see Sensi again because I think some of the best Inter we saw under Conte was those first few months with Sensi in, in midfield. So if Sensi can stay fit, um, that would be brilliant. Big if. Um, and then the thing that I'm curious about, and this will bring us back to full circle and go back to the financial situation, they've signed Jekyll to replace Lukaku. If Lautaro is staying, why are they signing another striker? Uh, that's, uh, that's the rub for me because they've got Alexis. Alexis is there in the background. Alexis... I imagine after preseason, you know, we, we we're not hearing anything about Alexis. Have you seen Alexis? Where where's Alexis? Well, he is. He was. He went to Copa America as he always does um, yeah. when he travels to South America, and then he injures himself for three months, which is really annoying. Um, and because I, I mean, I, you, you know me, I, I love the guy. I think he still has a lot to offer off the bench, not as a starter. I think that part of his career is is over at this level, but off the bench as an impact player, I don't think you can find much better. And and the numbers speak speak volumes to that as well. I mean, every time he comes on, he either scores or makes an assist or, or is some way involved in, 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 in changing the game. Um, 
but it is with Alexis that six, six, seven million net per year the guy earns, and this injury situation is is frustrating. Um, I, I I still think that Inter will will. I don't think he's going anywhere until after the World Cup. At the, which point that January, I think that that's when he'll go to MLS or back to Chile or something. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> where, that's where I think he's. That's where I think this is headed. To be honest. Yeah, we'll see. I think um, you know it's his problem, and it's one of the reasons why they've had to sell players that I don't think they wanted to sell. Um, is they've got players on super high wages, and no one wants to match that and add a fee on top. And you know, ultimately, United did a great deal in uh, cutting their losses with him, and you know, into taking on half of what was a quite extraordinary pre-pandemic salary uh, yeah. that Alexis had um, and you know you can't be a f- you can't afford certainly an inter situation to be playing uh, to be paying a, a player who's on your bench that kind of money yeah um, so I don't know what they do <laughs> with him because uh, if I were uh, Simone Inzaghi I would be well, if I was Beppe Marotta, for example, I'd be saying to Simone, it's like, you need to find a way to make Alexis um, more of a regular contributor, given we're paying him this this amount of money and we can't move him. Um, so, yeah, that would be the kind of business. Yeah, no, I, I see your point. I see your point. I just, um, I don't know. I, I just think that it's too late to sell Lautaro in the window. I think if you're an investor and you're looking to invest, you're, put your money in Inter over the last uh, six months or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I think you, you look at how much they're paying players like um, like Alexis, and that's that's one of the things that, that puts you off because you're mm. like, well, how do we how do we turn that around? Um, it's, 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 it, I think that's very challenging. Um, so um, there's that. We'll see. I mean, ultimately, you know, Lataro's agent is talking about, uh, you know, being in Milan this week for talks about uh, a contract extension. But uh, as, as a chief executive of another club said to me recently, uh, you, you've always got to be a little bit worried uh, when you hear an agent or a player saying, can't wait to stay, really want to be there next season. Um, <laughs> Because because then it's all on you. If you can't get the deal done, if you can't extend the contract at the terms that the player is asking, then ultimately the fans will be looking at you and saying, hang on a minute, the player wanted to stay and he's now leaving? How, how is that possible? No. So it's uh, from a from a PR point of view, it, it, it's, a, it's a difficult situation that Inter would find themselves in. And we know that they agreed uh, a fee with Tottenham um to sell the player um in parallel with the, the 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 negotiations which were going on with with Chelsea at the time for Lukaku and ultimately they they sold Lukaku but if you get that far down the line um with uh, with a club like Tottenham there's a framework of a deal there mm. um and I I think if if, if you're deeply cynical um which uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to see Lautaro stay at Inter. I'd like to think that what the executives are saying uh, or briefing that you know he's unsellable, that he'll stay, is is true, and that the owners <coughs> actually show more resistance than they did when the money 
when the offer was made for Lukaku, you add up the Hakimi money, Lukaku money, you add up the money that Tottenham were proposing to pay um, and other teams were proposing to pay for Lautaro. It adds up to around 275 million, which is what they got to pay Oaktree back. So, exactly. so, so we'll see. I mean, yeah, they're certainly projecting confidence that <coughs> they don't want to sell the player. Um, Lautaro has indicated he wants to stay. I mean, it's been interesting following what the agent has been saying over the last six weeks. Remember, he changed agents in April. Yeah. Um, there was a deal to extend his contract on existing terms prior to that change of age, agent. <coughs> and then uh, it had to start all over again because that's what happens when when players change agents. Um, you know, the club essentially has to, the club and agent has to renegotiate everything. Um, and I remember when there was that first sort of uh, change of representation, the, the, the agent said, well, actually, we're just going to see, we're happy, but we're going to see how things are. And, yeah. you know, that's our two years left on his contract. Um, and if they don't get money for him this summer or they don't time down, then yeah, I imagine there'd be, it, it's clear that clubs around, <coughs> clubs around Europe in Spain and in England, Atletico, Tottenham, whatever, uh, sense vulnerability. And of yeah. course they're entitled to do that given everything that they've been reading, hearing about Inter. Uh, and, and and what they've seen from Hakimi and then the unsellable Lukaku being sold. So yeah. we'll yeah, have to I mean, see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I still think that. I mean, I think I think selling Laut- Lautaro at this stage of the Mercato is is something that Marotta doesn't want to do, and something that I I think would be the only way they can get around that is if they sign Vlaovic to replace him for sixty million euros, and then make a net profit of thirty on Lautaro. Uh, or if the or if the idea is to ex, you know extend Lautaro's contract and then next summer cash in on him. Um, the other thing I think it is the other thing that uh, I don't know how they do this. Um, uh, you know I, I I'm not privy to the books. I'm not privy to what their their, their financial obligations are. But you you look at some of the reports about you know what they would be. What Lautaro would be looking to looking for to extend, or, or yeah, it's been, it's been sort of put out there as like six and a half, seven and a half million. I, I just I just don't see how you can have maybe four players on the books earning that between Jeko, Eriksson, Alexis, and another. You know, I, I think the you know one of the big stories that I don't think people <coughs> grasp around the pandemic is that. It's the operating cost of these players, which is really killing teams. Uh, mm. It's 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 paying gross wages um, over time. You know, so seven and a half is what you're getting close to fourteen million, thirteen yeah. million. Um, that that's on the club, um, which you know when you when it all adds up, that's a huge amount. So uh, we'll see because yeah, Lautaro at the moment is for a elite footballer. He was won the Copper American, won the Scudetto, uh, and within his own club, he's underpaid. <laughs> um, and the guy he's keeping out of the team, Alexis, is paid <laughs> considerably more than he is, which is bad. You know, mm, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That, that's exactly what it is. 
but it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. I mean, I think one thing is certain, and that's the, you know, we're going to get to that, and that's the Sooning, Sooning project is 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 dead. Uh, the Sooning Inter project is dead. Um, and the sooner they can find uh, a, a new buyer, the better Inter are. Um, I'm going to hand you over to Mo. Did you have a question for James? I, I wanted to change pace a bit uh, from, from all doom and gloom around Inter. Uh, <laughs> and I really want to ask you... Uh, uh, if we if we regard Juventus as Inter, possibly Atalanta, but let's say Juventus are are the the main rivals for the Scudetto uh, this coming season. What do you reckon? Assuming the transfer window closes today, uh, do you think that uh, Juventus's squad is stronger or weaker than last year? Um, and uh, relative to where they were last season, are Inter far worse? To the point where they've dropped off beyond below Juventus, or or are things you know still comparatively uh, similar in your in your assessment? Uh, they've lost the Demiral. Uh, who else have they have they sent out? Siano's uh, uh, a year older. Chiellini's a year older. Bonucci's a year older. They haven't reinforced in the mid- midfield yet. Uh, Locatelli is still uh, to come in. Uh, where do you where do you stand uh, on uh, the relative uh, summers Mercatos? Managerial, managerial changes aside. So I think Juventus are uh, favourites uh, to win the league, um, just because Allegri's been there and done that. I think he's, along with Conte, the best Italian coach of his generation in terms of winning titles. Um, you know, we can debate Sarri's place in all of this. You know, what his contribution to the game has been in the last decade, because I think it's been very very significant in kind of helping change the face of, of, of Italian football. Um, but I think Allegri's got a lot of uh, a lot of work to do because I think one of the problems that Pirlo and uh, Sarri found was that uh, the squad looks good on paper, but it's actually quite short. Um, and yeah, we're talking at elite club level, you know, so top four level. It's obviously uh, very deep compared with other teams um, outside the top six in, in Serie A. But, um, you know, it was described to me as 18 players plus, plus for a botta, um, which, you know, I don't think was was <laughs> was too kind on for a botta. Um, but, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why Pirlo gave so many opportunities to the, some of the lads from the under-23s wasn't because he'd just done his homework on them, but it was because that there are moments in a compressed pandemic season where you know you have a a covid positive and you've got injuries too then all of a sudden that squad looks very short um but i think they've got issues in midfield still um because you know it's is this locatelli deal going to be done in time for the the first game of the season you know we'll have to see that's dragged on and on and on um and yeah they've signed kyle george um but at the same time i don't really know how everything fits together up front uh, for Juventus, because in Allegri's final year, it was Manzukic and Ronaldo. Dybala was on the bench, um, or was you know the the, the next alternative. Um, when it was uh, Sarri, it was Ronaldo and Dybala, um, and Dybala was was very good in that season. Last season, he was mostly injured, and it was uh, Morata and uh, Ronaldo. And now you've got Morata, Ronaldo, Dybala, Caio Jorge. Um, Chiesa, uh, uh, my boy, Fede Benedeschi. Um, 
Um, so <laughs> <laughs> finding finding the right configuration up front um, is 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 going to be tricky. But you know, I kind of trust Allegri to do this because he always does it. And then midfield has got the same problems as last year until Locatelli arrives. Um, you know, we'll have to see if Pjanic comes back as well. I think they really missed Pjanic last year. Uh, I, I don't think that was talked about enough. Um, I, I certainly think that people around uh, Pirlo felt that <laughs> they didn't have a playmaker. In fact, he was very upfront about that throughout the season. He's like, we, we just do not have a, a regista. But they um, did in Arturmelo. This is what I don't understand. I mean, I don't think he, he's a, I don't think he's a regista. I think he's a, a, a mezzala di possesso. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and he's always injured. Um, so, you know, ultimately that that move has worked out uh, well only on on from a from an accounting point of view for Barcelona and Juventus um, because Barcelona want to move on Pjanic. Art has had what surgery again? He's got this calcinitis or whatever. Um, so, you know, I mean, I've watched them in preseason. They've been playing Ramsey as a deep line playmaker, uh, and if they start that uh, at the start of the season, then. You know, I, I think they're going to have some initial problems. I think I, I trust Allegri will sort it out because Allegri always sorts it out, no matter how many times he's had to rebuild Juventus in, in his previous five years, which is maybe two or three times. Um, so I, I think they're they're the favourites, but I don't think it's I don't think um, it's I don't think losing Lukaku and losing Hakimi means that Inter will finish all of a sudden. Uh, third, fourth, or you know, I even saw someone on, on on Twitter saying that they were predicting they'd finish seventh, which I was just <laughs> I just thought was absolutely absolutely mad. Um, I think I think they're they're good they're good squad players at Inter. Um, Darmian last season, you know, I mean, okay, people will turn their nose up at Darmian, but Darmian was very important. Scored big goals for Inter last year. Um, I think Dumfries, I'm curious to see how well he does. Okay, I don't, I don't think he's on Hakimi's level by any means, but he had a very good European Championship. Um, I think the midfield is good, as I said. Um, you know, <coughs> Sensi is... I, I like Sensi more than Chalinolu, um, unless your thing is corner kicks and free kicks. Um, <laughs> Calcio um, Pizzati, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> The defence is good. And I also think with Inter, um, don't underestimate the kind of legacy Conte leaves, which is that there, there will be a, a mentality there which will endure at least for a year, which I think Inzaghi will benefit from. And I think um, that the play, there's clearly a good vibe around the, the camp. That was never in doubt all last season, even with all this these financial clouds in the background and, and, and wages being deferred and then, you know, they win the title and Zhang appears and asks them to defer another two months wages or volunteer to forego them. There's always been a really good spirit among that team. That's one of the great things that Conte did. Yeah. Um, and I think that's intact. And I think they'll be reading some of the headlines they'll be aware of what people are saying about inter and 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 that in uh, that event is sort of some favorites and i expect a reaction um from <coughs> i kind of look to barella really i think barella uh has everything to become a captain of inter uh very soon um so i'm i'm not as down on inter on the pitch as 
as other people are. Also, because I've watched Jekyll for for three or four years. Okay, he's 35. His wages are, are very expensive for a player that age. Um, but you know, he is he's a <laughs> a very competitive animal. He's a leader. I think he he he's a different kind of profile player to to um, to Lukaku, but he comes short. He will uh, bring some of the midfielders into play. I think Barella will like playing off him. Um, I, I, I think uh, Dumfries will will like playing off him, and uh, he, he will frustrate Inter fans at times by missing chances, which is what he's done at, uh, at Roma on occasion. But he's also one of the most underrated strikers of his generation. He's the best striker that I've seen at Roma since Gabriel Battistuta, without uh, without a doubt. Uh, and okay, he's reaching the twilight of his career, but he can still perform. So I think, and also I look at the the first what five fixtures of the season for Inter, and uh, you know up until Atalanta at the end of September, they're all there's there's a, there's, there's there's a chance for Inzaghi to get ahead of steam. And to just quiet and everybody down. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I think it's it's uh, Juventus is my favourites, but I think it's closer than some other people are making out. Alex, I'll hand you over to Alex. Do you have a question for James? I certainly do. Uh, you know, James, I want to circle back to the striker position with Inter because, as you mentioned, they are still looking to bring in another. At least reportedly, they're looking to bring in another, even after bringing in Jekko. And I, I see many names linked. Uh, one of these players has played for Inzaghi before, talking about Correa. Uh, but I see Zapata linked. I've even seen Insigne, which I'm not really buying into. You know, other names potentially could come on loan, like Moise Kane or Luka Jovic. So, I mean, James, out of those names, not necessarily who the best player is, but who do you think would fit with Inter and with Inzaghi best? Who should they be really targeting? Alex Zapata. Um, because uh, I think all of a sudden you've got a very proven front two at Inter. Um, again, I, I, I look at if you if you sign Zapata, what does it mean for Lautaro? Because you clearly don't sign someone like Zapata uh, if Lautaro is going to stick around because Zapata is going to expect to play every game, I would say, for Inter. Um, but the reason why I say that is because I think, you know, Jekyll likes to play, he likes to come short, link the play in that inside right channel that um, that Lukaku uh, liked. And Duvan's on the other side. Uh, Duvan likes to carry the ball, um, likes to run in behind. He's obviously very, <coughs> he's built like a boxer. Um, so I think that would be a very intimidating uh, front line um, for uh, for Inter. I, I I like the the Insigne idea, you know, with him going to the final year of his contract um, and into at least exploring the opportunity of what would it take to get a deal done uh, there. Because I, I I think he's he had a very good European Championship. I think again he's one of those players who perhaps if he'd played uh, for one of the quote unquote you know traditional three of Juventus, Milan and Inter, maybe he would be more appreciated. Um, maybe if he, uh, because I, I think he's he's one of the most skillful um, Italian players out there. I don't really know how that works with him and Dzeko, um, though. I, I don't see a partnership. I think it would have to be like a three or you'd have to play... You'd have to play two off the striker. But again, 
if you're playing two off the striker, Chalinolu likes to play in that uh, left inside left channel. Sensi likes to play in that inside left channel. So that doesn't really work for me. Uh, Correa would be the foil for a uh, for a tall striker, I suppose. Um, not that Jeko, even though he's tall, you know, does a lot with his head. You know, he's a very skillful player with the ball at his feet. Um, very artistic player in that in that in that way. So, I mean, I, I like I like Zapata um, just because I think it's uh, it's uh, it, it would they would mean business again. I think from that point of view, but at the same time. Going back to business, uh, I also think spending in excess of 30 million on a guy who's about to turn 30 and pay him more than he's on the Atlantis is probably not the best business decision either. <laughs> no, it really isn't. And but so just to make clear, you think that if they sign Zapata, then in this window, Lautaro's leaving? Yeah, because I, I just don't know how you can justify having Jeko, um, Lautaro, Zapata, and Alexis. I just don't. I just, and you've got Satriano. Okay, Satriano's not going to play. Pinamonti's still there at the moment. Pinamonti will go to Empoli probably before the end of the window. That's going to be my team this year, by the way, that I'm going to follow. Empoli. Yeah, Ricci, Ricci, uh, Ricci, Pinamonti, and Cutrone. Is, 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 it's, yeah. my, it's my Di Marco Hellas Brescia Tonali of the year. And uh, yeah, my good friend uh, Liam Henderson. Hendo, uh, back in Serie A. Good to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't see it, um, Nima. I, I, you know, in the in this in the situation that they're in, um, yeah, that's why I, 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 Alex didn't ask me about Vlajevic. I just think Vlajevic is impossible for him to. Yeah, I think he is. So, and, that, yeah. and that's exactly why I didn't ask. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, you, you were absolutely right because I just don't see how they can pay the fee. I, I, I imagine that they could, if they were disciplined, they could come to a, a reasonable salary kind of thing with him rather than just going oh here's six million a year or seven million a year uh, um but i just think competition is is fierce uh from the two clubs that also want Lautaro, which is you know atletico and, and tottenham so um so yeah I, I you know i think if you're an inter fan and you love Lautaro, you have to pray that you know, one of those two teams ends up going all in on on Dusan and uh, and and that uh, Rocco, who I imagine <coughs> will resist and dig in, um, uh, ends up selling. <laughs> He's good at but that. I think good at I that. think that well, I think <laughs> they're certainly determined to keep the player. Um, but I, you know, I think that's that that situation is very interesting with you know Lautaro, Dusan, Atletico, Spurs, um, particularly with all these kind of you know, whatever happens with Kane, you know, all of a sudden, if Kane does go, you've got Tottenham with 150 million sterling. Yeah, I mean, um, so, uh, no, so yeah, let's You're see. Right. You're right. But I mean, it's it seems that, I mean, the thing is, if they were to sell Lautaro um, and they bring in, that means it's Dzeko, Zapata, Alexis and Satriano, that then they're worse off than they were last year. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I mean, they're talking about, you know, if they bring in Correa, which is what I hope they do, because I think that's what Filippo, that's what, sorry, that's what Simone wants. And and Sim, and I think every coach should, you know, he's gotten absolutely nothing of his own players. Um, Conte got pretty much everything he did because, you know, <coughs> you know how Conte is. When Conte doesn't get what he wants, he creates hell for everything and everyone around him. But 
Simone doesn't do that. And and I think the only player he's specifically asked for is is Joaquin Correa. And he's 28. And, and I think he's still, the, the, you know, he, he should be allowed to build this Inter in his image, the same way Conte was allowed to. Um, to a certain extent, but it is—it's an interesting thing that you say that. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm glad you said it because I'm not—I'm—you've you've kind of touched on my worry because I'm not entirely convinced. I mean, after what happened happened, and they spoke in January in June, and they said, you know, we have to finish on 80 million. We have to end the mercato on a plus 80 to 100 million net, and we have to lower lower wages by 15, 20 percent. The maths didn't add up by selling Hakimi. How you do that? And so their hope was cashing in on Lazaro, Juan Mario and Nainggolan. Well, that did not turn out well at all. And in fact, they're they're in risk of being sued by Sporting for another 30 million because of what happened with Juan Mario. That's going to court. Um, so, you know, that, that, that was always a pipe dream. I knew they were going to sell someone else. But to sell three in one window, I don't know if the Piazza, the Tifoseria can handle that. Because they're not, they've got absolutely no money coming in from season ticket sales. If you do that, Hakimi, Lautaro, and Lukaku, you'll be looking at an empty San Siro. It won't even matter if it's open at 50% or not. I mean, that, that's, how, think, that's where this, this is 54 I, I, I think I think the fans will show, if anything, just to protest, um, because ultimately they're in love with the club, um, mm. the owners. Um, and. You know, we saw that in the friendly against Palmer. You know, 500 fans showed up. They made the trip. I think, you know, as we've seen in other countries, but just coming off a Premier League weekend, people are so looking forward to going to watch football again um, that I don't think that will be any different in in Italy. Um, and I don't think that'll be different at San Siro as well. And certainly, yeah, Inter need <laughs> and to need their fans back because you know that's a 70 million loss yeah. you're taking every year from San Siro not being uh, uh not bringing in the kind of crowds that it was um before the pandemic so um i i, th- I still think i still think fans will show up also because the, the team is a is a are champions um and they and you guys unfortunately didn't get to go and see that team mm. but that um, team doesn't exist that's the thing. Like, <laughs> well, like, seriously, like that's that's it. This that team does not exist anymore. Um, and with Lautaro, then that's literally the final nail in the coffin. Whatever hope that exists will be destroyed. I mean, I've I've never, I've covered this team for ten years. I've supported since '89. Inter fans are a weird bunch. They can hardly agree on anything. But I've never seen vitriol and resentment at this level aimed at the ownership. It, it is worse than anything i've ever seen before and they are there's not you know they've been placated to a certain extent they've calmed down okay dumfries jekyll they're starting to feel hope selling lautaro with less than five days left to the first game against genoa i mean that that would be it that would i mean he's injured yeah no i don't know he's not just injured he's suspended as well so he won't be able to play that's something that you know sort of kind of May work yeah. in your favour. I don't know. Yeah. But at the no. same time, look, um, the, 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 the club say he's unsellable. You know. Uh, yeah, but listen, the, this, the, I don't. The, 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 are we really going to do this song and dance again? I mean, I don't. I mean, Piero Auxilio last year when 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 he did his whole you know thing about Tonali and Vidal and and that that whole song and dance he did. I mean, we understand that's his role. He's He's the hatchet man. He goes out and lies. He tells the party line. That's his job. I understand that. So I don't take anything he says publicly 
I, I just don't believe anything he says. But it's another thing when, when Marotta goes out and talks the way he does and then ends up selling Lukaku and Hakimi anyway. And the, the way that they try to, to, to and, and then Pastorello tries to take a bullet for them both, saying they did everything to to keep them here uh, and, and the ownership did what they did. I mean, that that, that just tells me two things. Sooning our our, our dead men walking. It's just a matter of time. And now today, Carlo Festa and Il Sole 24 said, you know, they're selling and basically everything that everyone knew he put on paper that they, they wanted to, that BC partners came in with 650, 700 million in January, February. They didn't even look at it because they were chasing waterfalls. The waterfall was the European Super League. That whole completely fell apart because it was a complete nonsense project. Um, and then here we are now. And I'm thinking, I don't see I, I honestly don't see how, I mean, this fan base is is at the end of its tether. They were promised this was a punto di partenza, not a punto di arrivo. And then you go and sell those three. I just don't see how that how they survive this. I honestly don't. I could be wrong, but I don't see no, it. Uh, I think their credibility has has, has diminished um, over the course of, of, of not just this transfer window, but the last, the last year. Um, and you know that's in spite of them putting you know 700 million into the into the club in their in their time in charge um you know ultimately you know the political wind has changed in china um it's become more difficult um to get money out and also their business interests have been hit very hard um and you know i thought it was quite telling you had you know in in may zhang jindong the the owner wrote that letter to Interfans saying kind of what you said, which is, you know, this is the beginning, not the end. Um, you had Stephen Zhang uh, in the beginning of June uh, talking about mid to long term involvement still um, at Inter. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I look at the situation, I, I wonder how can they turn it around? There are, there are so many things that, that need to happen. And let's not forget, you know the, the the financial situation, which is um, 275 million loan from from Oak Tree, which will have which will have interest. Oh um, yes, it and, will. <laughs> and then and then 300 million um, bond. uh, in bonds, which mature next year. Um, so you know, the, I, I think fans would appreciate it if if uh, if Stephen or uh, I mean, it has to fall on him, presumably, because he's the president of the club. Um, actually, spoke to, recorded a video message, and and was was very frank about um, the situation because you know the fans aren't the fans aren't stupid. They know what's um, they know what's going on, um, and and we'll have to see. But yeah, you know, that that debt, um, be it the loan, be it the be it the bonds, that's a lot for someone to take on. Um, and uh, and I think they're, they're they're looking at this. They've had to look at this transfer window and, and get a lot leaner and a lot more disciplined. I think to some extent they've 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 done bits of that. But as I said, I, I mean I've I've looked at I've looked at you know the wages that they're they're paying some of these guys, and it's it's still it's still very big. Um, so so we'll see. But I think you know at least on the pitch, uh, you know. I'm, I'm ha- I'm happy to see Simone get uh, <laughs> get a job. I feel his work at Lazio deserves. Absolutely. Um, um, but you know, as as we've seen, lots of other great coaches have got that opportunity. Lippi, 
uh, Gasperini and Inter is a singular club, um, which is is very different, um, you know, as, as Conte found to be so so frustrating. Um, so uh, in some respects, I, I kind of give Inzaghi a free pass if it doesn't work out. You look at the situation that he's walked into, and it is what it is. Um, if he does well, it will actually only further enhance, I think, his 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 credentials, his reputation. For sure. I'm going to hand you over to Michael. Mike, did you have a question for James? James, who is this uh, mystery person on Twitter that said Inter was going to finish seventh place? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was... Uh, uh, I mean, don't go and call this guy out because uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But it's uh, I think it was a Jonathan Johnson who's who works for CBS. I think he, I think he used to cover Paris Saint Germain, so maybe yeah. his focus has been on on Ligue 1. But um, I mean, look, Jonathan might be right. You know, it's uh, but uh, as I said, you know, my opinion is 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 different. I respect his. My opinion is that it's into it, it, will be there or thereabouts. Um, Don't worry, I'm, we're going to have Jonathan on the pod because I know him. He's a good friend of mine. I'm going. I'm, 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 I saw that and I sent him a message immediately saying, <laughs> "You're coming on the pod now." <laughs> so, yeah. So, so no, no. So I, yeah, no, no. He's he's a good guy. He's a good friend of mine. And and I saw that and I was like, well, you know, I I, I said, you know, that's his opinion. I want to hear how how he thinks. So so we will be having Jonathan on soon because he is a he covers PSG, he covers Ligue 1. That's his passion, and and I think Inter are going to end up with PSG. So we'll have him on the pod sooner rather than later. Uh, Mike, did you have another? Uh, yeah. Question? Yeah, yeah, I, just, I found the tweet, and I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe it was deleted, but there's all the replies that are still there. So maybe he was getting too much heat from it. So, so maybe it was deleted. I don't know. But it was just funny to see that now that I now that I found the source. Um, anyways, my question for uh, for James is: I want to kind of branch off of what Mo was asking about. You know, Juve, you know, being the direct competitor, and obviously the, you know, James's favorite to win this year. What about other teams? I want to know. You know, obviously Inter, you know, took a step back with losing Lukaku, Hakimi, you know, Ericsson, we don't know the situation with, with him returning at some point. Maybe we don't know. Obviously Conte leaving. What about other teams? Did did anyone else take a you know major step back? Were there any teams that took a major step forward? Who do you think uh, was shuffled around in, uh, in the offseason? I don't think anyone really took a big step forward. Um... I like what Milan are doing, um, but I, I, I think they need to back up what they did last year. Um, I think Giroud is a really good signing uh, for them. Agreed. Um, because I think he suits Pioli's style of play uh, down to the T, and also I think he will guarantee goals that Zlatan's fitness um, uh, won't allow because you know, Zlatan essentially missed most of the second half of last season. Um I want to see if, if Tonali actually does something. Um, I think, again, Milan did something really smart, which is, you know, they kind of let him go back to Brescia, where they let the deal expire, um, and then signed him on new terms, which were a, a lower fee and a player on lower wages. Um, so I thought that was uh, that was good. Um, but there's always this nagging doubt in the back of my head um, about uh, Pioli. Um, I think he's done a fantastic job over the last 18 months, um, but he's never. This is uh, this is uncharted territory now. He, yeah. he never really he never really gets uh, beyond this point with clubs before it, it starts to it, it starts to kind of go the other way. Maybe Fiorentina, yeah, but ultimately he yeah he felt disrespected and left. 
um, and look what's happened there since he's gone. Um, but I, I, you know, that, that's one question mark. And also, like you know, because of uh, the African Cup of Nations coming up, you know, how do they cope without Benasse and Kessie? Because Kessie was their best player last year. Um, yeah, is Tonali and Pobega um, or someone else? Is that going to um, be enough for whilst those guys are away? Um, so I, I like Milan, but you know, I think that it's I'm I'm not I think I'm not backing them for the for the league title um, just yet. Atalanta, you know, I, I love to get on. Um, uh, the fairy tale. Um, <coughs> I've always been a big promoter uh, uh, of them, um, but I think Scudetto talk is still uh, is, is still uh, a, a little bit of an exaggeration, um, just because I think um, I think it's really difficult um, to to get past uh, a Juventus or Inter um, when they are uh, at their best. Um, yeah, those those two teams still find a way. I would love to see Atlanta win. I think they've upgraded in the goalkeeper position. I think they've replaced Demiral really, uh, replaced Romero really well with Demiral because um, uh, you know Gasparini turns these super aggressive centre backs. You know, after mm. six weeks of them getting booked and having to be taken off at half time because they are walking red card, they end up and they finish the season with the best centre back in the league. And then uh, we'll have to see what happens with Ilicic. Can Ilicic get back to what he was um, the season before last? You know, the, the, his future still seems in doubt. You know, he's 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 leaving now. He's staying. Um, you know, again, you know, the the kind of talismanic figures of that Atlanta team um, have gone. Um, Papu uh, and you know maybe Ilicic. Um, but yeah, these these new guys keep emerging. You know. Uh, Pessina had a great Euros, had a great second half of last season. I'm really curious to see how he does. So I think Atalanta will be there or thereabouts, but I think it, again, there's there's another level, slightly with with Juventus and uh, with Inter. Um, so and then I'm really curious by Napoli because I think I, I love Spalletti, as yeah. you probably know. Um, I think he's a he's a fantastic coach. I think he dovetails so nicely with everything that they've got going on there. Even though they need to sell players, will they be able to sell players? You know that this is this this goes back to your 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 question, Mike. You know this is you know one of the real problems. If you look at the other top sides in 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 Italy, aside from Milan, uh, they've done very little, um, little or nothing. Um, um, so um, I think they still need to sell a couple of players. They need to get this insignia thing resolved. But I'm really excited by what Spalletti can do with Napoli. Um, I kind of think, I, I kind of feel like that's my, like that's my four. I oh, know that's five, isn't it? You see, it's difficult. Um, well then, as when we're on the topic, give me from one to seven, the European places. Juve is number one, you've said. Juve is number one, Inter. I mean, like, Certainly. yeah, I hate predictions, um, but um, Juventus, Inter. Um, Atalanta, I think you said. Yeah, Atalanta or Napoli, I don't, I, I don't really know there. Um, That's four. I, 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 yeah, but I kind of feel, I kind of feel Milan will be. I mean, it is just the Pioli factor. That's the thing. It's just mm. the Pioli factor that is is the unknown, and I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt because uh, uh, he's a he's a nice guy. Um, 
And then, you know, Sariot Lazio fascinates me. It could mm. be horrible for a Romanista to watch uh, if <laughs> Lazio start playing really good football. But it's a team that has played in Zaghi football for the last five years. Um, you know, that football has really worked for that set of players. Um, a lot of them uh, are at an age now where can you change them? Can you make them relearn football? Um, uh, and also, you know, Lazio have their own issues, which, you know, they've <coughs> signed Felipe Anderson for a, on a free, signed Hisai on a free, but that's a team that's been used to be playing a back three rather than a back four. Um, and uh, I just wonder how much uh, Sarri can change them. Uh, mm. Certainly their pre-season has been pretty underwhelming and not that we should read too much into it. But, you know, he's. it's clear that um, the club is struggling to bring in players that, you know, might be more adapted to his, his, his football. And then Roma, uh, you know, um, wow. Um, they're my surprise team. I think they're going to have, I think Shomurodov is, if you were to, if you were to create the ideal Mourinho striker in a lab, it would be him. He's the, his movement, the way he, he, his physique, his, his attitude. I think he will, I think he will be, he will be the surprise of the season. And I think Roma will, I mean, I, I've got, I mean, I don't like doing these predictions before the Mercato closes because I know, and also especially this year, because I think the Mercato the last two weeks is going to be absolutely insane. Uh, I think this, this is when, when it gets fun. This is when it gets interesting when, when people are under pressure uh, as well and to get deals done. Uh, so I think I expect a lot to change uh, between now and then. But I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, I do. I, I, you've got the same top four as I do, if I if I understood you correctly. Uh, Juve, Inter, Atalanta, Napoli. Then you have Milan and Lazio and Roma, if I got that right. I think I put Roma ahead of Lazio. Okay. Um, well, of course you do. As a Roma fan, you'd you'd rather die. Always. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I'm I'm curious. I think Jose will he will make that defence much better than it was last year, which isn't difficult because they can see the 58 goals in the league. Um, and I actually think there's some talented centre-backs um, there. Uh, I think the midfield is is, is great, that, that Roma have. Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a squad that has a lot of attacking talent. It's just to see the right person to get the, the, the most out of it. Can he get the blend right? Because uh, have they sold the goalkeeper position? Uh, let's see. Um, certainly, he's an experienced player, Rui Patricio. I have also seen him pass a pass a ball into his own net in preseason, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it could have maybe have done better on Torgan Hazard's shot in the in the Belgian Portugal game in the in the Euros, which ultimately knocked Portugal out. Um, I like Abraham. I think Abraham will be uh, will be a good fit and will work well in City. Um, I I think I, I I kind of like Shomurodov. You know, a lot of people in Italy have heard that Mourinho is is finished in the Premier League. That um, you know he's had to kind of go down a step, um, perhaps to maybe get himself back up. Because look, if Ancelotti can go from Everton to Real Madrid, then you know if that doesn't go that doesn't work, then by all means, Jose can go from Roma to Real Madrid again. Um, um, but I think Italians want to see it from themselves in terms of like is what you're telling me about Mourinho over the last five years really true? Mm-hmm. Um, because as far as we remember him, he's unsurpassed in Italy. He won the treble. Um, he's the last coach to win, win the Champions League with an Italian team. And that all remains kind of intact. But I think they want to see it for themselves. 
I still want to give him the benefit of the doubt, even though, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been quite close working for a company that covers the Premier League as intensely as, 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 as the Athletic about, you know, what happened at Spurs and what happened at, at United. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I, I go, I go. Um, I have my ups and downs with 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 Roma in this preseason. Yeah, you know, I'm sometimes really down about it. I'm, I'm at the moment. I'm more up than I was say a week ago. <laughs> so let's see. So just who will be? Who do you think will be Capocannoni at it? Uh, I think Immobile will be Capocannoni at it. Nice one. I've got Osima. Um, what about uh, who do you think will win Coppa Italia and the Supercoppa? Uh, I would love Atalanta to actually win a trophy. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, let's say Roma wouldn't win the Coppa Italia. Let's say that. Okay. And then Supercoppa, who will Simone or Allegri win that? Ooh, well, Simone's beaten Allegri. In, yeah, he has. Yeah. When is the Supercup? I think it's in isn't it usually in december like they've moved it to to like saudi arabia in, in december yeah um this this is the thing if they move it to christmas time or whatever i, I kind of back max to have even to sort it out by then if it's early we'll see but um yeah, yeah i'll go with juventus fair enough fair enough um Nice one. Well, thank you so much for coming on, James. Have you got something coming on? Because we, I'm sure you do, because you always have something coming on. Because there's, there's so you, you do so much for the athletic. Is there anything coming up that you want to plug? Then the, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, this week I've got a uh, Andrea Pirlo interview um, about his uh, year at Juventus, about what next uh, for him, uh, some of his ideas on football. Um, so yeah, Pirlo will be out uh, on Tuesday. Nice. Will be interesting to definitely check that out. The athletic and at James at, at Horncastle. Is it at James Horncastle or is it just at Horncastle? At James Horncastle. Thank you very much, uh, James, for coming on and take care of that cough and enjoy the rest of your holiday. Pleasure. Cheers, take guys. Care. Thanks, James. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Yeah, have a good day. Ciao, ciao. Thanks. So, right. Well, let's uh, let's um, let's continue uh, on. Um, let's talk about what we. Uh, uh, I mean, l- l- there's so much to talk about because so much has happened. But I mean, l- let's start there on on the Sooning's Inter project, whether it's dead or not. Um, I I personally think that Sooning is Sooning's project is dead. Uh, Sooning's Inter project is dead. And what I mean by that is quite simply that the Zhang family are more and more losing control over Sooning. They no longer control Sooning.com. They no longer control Sooning. Don't even control their own brand anymore. It's Alibaba. They control the holding company, which controls all the companies, but that's more and more slipping away. And more and more, it looks like it's the Chinese government. And, and this is something we've spoken on this pod thousands of times that, you know, there is a directive that uh, that you cannot invest and, and, and export capital from China in non-essential businesses and football is considered a luxury. So I think that is it's, it's all about, you know, hopefully the sooner that someone can buy the club, the better it is. Um, and, and I agree 100% with everything James said, that uh, they're just trying to make the finances look as good as possible to maximize the price they can get. It was their biggest mistake was not selling in January when BC Partners came along. 
that was the that was a massive mistake. Instead, they they fell they fell in love with the European Super League, and then they ended up taking a three hundred million euro, euro loan at, at a double digit interest rate, which is insane. So I hope it's not Oak Tree. I think Oak Tree would be devastating for Inter, but um, I hope we we have an actual owner. There's there's murmurs of BC partners coming in, but at a much much lower price. That would be ideal. Someone who takes over, clears the, you know, removes the oak the oak tree loan, removes Suning, and starts balancing, you know, between debt and, and revenue and all that stuff. Um, so that's why I think the Suning project is dead, uh, or Suning's Inter project is dead. I'm keen to hear what you guys think. I want to start with you, with you, Mo. I suspect you might look at it differently. No, I think uh, I, I don't look at it. Uh, uh, differently uh, at all. I think it's clear that the project is dead unless uh, unless uh, the clubs are European clubs are able to generate uh, sustainable revenues by themselves, and this is not going to happen until uh, crowds are, are allowed back into stadiums at full capacity. It's not uh, going to happen until economies recover and people are able to buy enough merchandise. It, it, it is what it is, and this again, this was the genesis behind. The, the European Super League project, it, uh, the fact that uh, the, the the biggest names in, in European footballing history, whether it's Juventus or Inter or AC Milan or Real Madrid or Barcelona, are in such terrible financial shape. Um, and we have, you know, quote unquote, saved football is, is, is really the most farcical statement and you know, this is this is exact. Sure, the 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 issues, the structural issues have, you know, these are these are results of the poor decision decisions and then the poor financial planning over almost uh, a couple of decades now uh, in the making. But uh, the conclusion is, the biggest names in European football are hurting, hurting terribly, uh, and so the projects, you know, with a, with an S, are dead. Um, unless they, unless the clubs find a way to generate uh, sustainable revenue, and one, you know, so one way to to, to do this is to you know uh, find bridge loans and bridge loans to bridge bridge loans, etc. Better sponsorship deals, uh, uh, lower lower your wage bill, and hope that uh, uh, the the world of football returns to normalcy. And that you've you know tidied this uh, rough rough period over, and then you restart the project with Sunig. So this could be one potential way of, of of you know maneuvering through this crisis. Another way is to exit ASAP. And um, again, I don't know whether the the January uh, I, I wasn't there, you know, and the BC partners uh, when when that offer was was tabled, whether in fact uh, they did believe that. Uh, the ESL would go through, or whether the ESL money would come in so so fast to the point where you know we, we reject this offer today and, and, and things are things will uh, you know it would be an extremely naive outlook to think that any, anybody who's done a merger or an acquisition knows that due diligence, uh, uh, looking over the books, agreeing the deal by the time money comes in bank, it's uh, years, months, if not uh, years uh, later than. And when an agreement is is, is signed, so I, I I think maybe their the rejection of the offer had to do more with uh, their their intention to retain the interbrand and find a better offer. 
which is why I have some uh, a modicum of, of optimism going forward in that uh, both the O3 and Inter are uh, and Suning currently have an asset and then, and Suning Oaktree's debt loan to Inter, not only did Inter have to sell to, to, to Suning, sorry, not only did, did Suning have to sell a portion of their stake in Inter to Oaktree to receive the loan, which is a bit weird, so we don't know how that was structured, but they, as I understand, the remaining 60% of the, of the interest in the club was used as collateral to cover that loan. So, it is both in the interest of Oak Tree and Suning to make sure that their the underlying asset does not get devalued. And it is a football club after all. So uh, if, if this football club, with the current champions of Italy, uh, owners of uh, some of the most sought-after players, so on and so forth, if, that, if this club then becomes decimated from a, a, a footballing perspective, then the value of the of the shares, however many they are, or however big the loan was, then it just disappears. So it's in everyone's best interest to make make sure that this this project continues to remain competitive until it's either a in a place where revenues can be sustain, sustainably regenerated through ticket sales, so on and so forth, through normal operational practices, or b. Uh, the right, the right buyer comes in with the right offer uh, and the right financial structure to, to to take the club over. And therein lies my optimism. It's not because I love Sang or I or, or I love Swing or whatever. <laughs> I, it's it's just that it's good business sense to make sure that if you own something, it doesn't go to hell. When, no, if you want to sell anything, absolutely, you know? so, absolutely. So, so so yeah. So the project. Is not is dead unless until it generates money. But that doesn't mean that Inter are not going to go for titles. It doesn't mean that Suning are going to dismantle the team. It doesn't mean that uh, uh, we're going to shoot ourselves in the feet footballing wise because that would be nothing but you know uh, an accelerated death. Whereas everyone's financial interests are best served in other ways, which are not necessarily contrary to the ultimate objective of reducing the wage bill, making more money, so on and so forth. So I think when you look at the numbers from purely like a, 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 a financial perspective, a, a, you know, objective financial perspective, this is, this is both the source of, you know, everyone's pessimism, but also must be the source of everyone's optimism. Because if they are sensible owners, not like Morati, where it was a passion project for him, or Abramovich, or the sheikhs in the Gulf, or whoever you know, these people with, you know, seemingly endless amounts of money, and they and they lose interest one day, or they 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 they, uh, they own a club from the heart. Suning the Zangs have no passion for Inter. It's, it's a financial it's a financial uh, job, you know, and uh, and yeah. So uh, ultimately, this is this is why I think there there is still a lot of optimism uh, behind this uh, club that we love so much. But I'll talk about the optimism later. Yeah, no, no, we're going to get to that. Alex, do you, do, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on, on, on what Mo says. I mean, I, I think that is, as long as, you know, I've, I've been, I think Suning have done a fantastic job, but 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 up until they're, them declining the BC partner offer was their huge mistake, was their biggest mistake. And as long as they're here, because 
275 million euros that ex excluding interest plus the the bond that matures in 2022 at the end of J December 2022 that's almost 600 million euros that they need to find in cash that's even without the two 300 million loan in debt oh sorry the debt that the club already has which brings the total up to somewhere eight nine hundred million euros in debt in total it's a mess and I don't and, and I that's where I disagree with with Mo I think that the Zhangs are no longer in charge. It's the Chinese government and the Chinese government, much like when we had the credit crunch in 2008, when the US, the US government went and bought, uh, saved the auto industry, they want their money back. It's the taxpayers' money. Um, and that's, that's all they care about. So what do you think, Alex? Well, I think the worst case scenario is that the Suning project is completely dead. And the best case scenario is it's on life support. So anything between those two, it's really, really bad. And I, I of course, Nima, I, I read and hear a lot of the same things that you read and hear about the Chinese government. Chances are you know more about it than I do. I'm far from an expert. So I, I don't really have much of a grasp on if any of this stuff is changing because the debt sounds insurmountable. The fact that they're losing control of their own business seems like a really, really terrible sign to me. Uh, obviously, we've been reading the tea leaves on, you know, Suning's project being dead ever since, you know, you have to start really focusing on balancing your books and making desperation sales and taking desperation bridge loans instead of thinking about the future, which is what they used to do. I mean, I, I see a lot of revisionist history on Suning because I do respect the fact that they did have a project. They did have ambitions. I see the way that a lot of Calcio supporters will talk about Inter and say, oh, well, basically they spent a bunch of money they didn't have. And it's, you know, some kind of a, of a Ponzi scheme, this club. And look, they they bought a fake Scudetto. It's, it, it's absolute nonsense, Nima, because they, they did have money. They did have a project that could have been sustainable, if not for the pandemic and not for the about face from the Chinese government. And then everything went to hell. I mean, everything went to hell. So the situation has changed. Unfortunately, the bubble burst and we didn't know it was going to burst at this time. They couldn't plan for everything that's gone down. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think the situation is dire. Um, I do certainly take to heart some of Mo's optimism and I can be more like Mo than some people even imagine. I could be an optimistic guy, uh, even if the Suning project uh, might be dead, because obviously if it wasn't dead, Conte would probably still be around, Lukaku would still be around, Hakimi would still be around, and they would have made additions to that instead of making big subtractions to that. So yeah, I do believe the Suning project, uh, as we know it, is dead. Uh, that doesn't mean they can't at least compete for Scudetto this coming season. Uh, I actually, almost on the nose, I, I agree with uh, Mr. Horncastle's top seven prediction uh, i i do think it's going to be a juventus scudetto again and i also think inter can come in second place because i think despite losing hakimi and lukaku and conte i think that they still have a strong squad and probably stronger than people realize so um i i don't know though the one thing nima that i haven't decided yet is um how optimistic or pessimistic i am about the long-term future and it's hard for me to, to make any predictions on that i do think at some point Inter are going to be sold, but the grass is not always greener. Uh, I mean, financially, it might be greener, but I don't know what the next owners are going to be like. I mean, you bring up 
BC partners who made, you know, a big offer early in 2021. I don't know how they would manage the club. And if it's not BC partners, who is it? Is it potentially American ownership? And we see how much outrage American owners get and, you know, some of the English clubs they own and and how, you know, they really run it like a business more than anything. So uh, I I don't know. I mean, I maybe you could say right now anything would be better than this current state of Sooning and all of their debt. But uh, at this point, um, I, I think Inter can still be really, really good this coming season. Uh, but then a year or two down the road, if Sooning are still in charge and they're making more sales, they might make more sales this coming January. They might make more sales tomorrow for all that I know. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm kind of just waiting until I, I decide if if I should have a full-on meltdown or if I should feel pretty good because I'm somewhere in between those two extremes. Yeah, well said. Mike, do you have anything to add before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I love listening to Alex talk. It doesn't have, like, the perfect voice for, like, he really radio does. and he, I mean, this, I mean, this, is, that, this is why it's his day job. And he's, he's like, <laughs> the guy is, like, the best speaker ever. Him and Solano, Jesus, I can listen to these guys talk forever. I know. Yeah, I listened so. to him once when, when I was in Florida a couple of years ago, and I'm like, this is great. This is, like, uh, the soundtrack to my life. I love it. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Oh, man, it's all good. Listen, quickly, I'll just tell you this. Look. We, we look at this as supporters. We're supporters. We support this club. And it's so much different as an owner standpoint. And they treat it like a business. That's that's how they're looking at this. And when someone's going to offer you $115 million for Lukaku and all this, all these great, huge amounts, it's like they look at it as a business. And, and it's hard as a supporter to look at it, look at it from our, our standpoint and say, wow, like I wish we could just keep these players. But it's just not, it's just not like that. And I know we talked about this. Um, back in April, back in May, and we talked. To, the question was raised, you know, are Sooning, you know, do we like Sooning as owners? And 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 I was actually yes, because look how much look how much we spent. We spent so much money. You know, Conte was leading us, and what he was getting um, was putting us in the right direction. We won the Scudetto. We, everything was looking great, but behind the scenes, there was so much that we didn't know about. And once Conte left, I was like, okay, if he's gonna leave something's going on no one just leave like it's very rare that someone's just going to leave after they win you know a scudetto after after 10 seasons without it it just everything was a domino effect and it just it really made me think like wow there's just so much going on that we don't know about when you talk about these bc owners and all that it's just like it's, it's really really frustrating as a standpoint because we want to talk about it as much as we want but we just don't there's so much going on that we just we it's hard for us to predict and ask the, and answer the question are they the right owners for us we don't know. I don't know if they're the right owners, but I I, I mean more the Sooning project, like as it is today. I mean, do, like, do you see any future with it at all? Well, there's no there's no doubt that the project is derailed. I'm not going to say it's dead, because in two years, if they're still the owners, who knows where they can go from there. But as of right now, I think it's derailed. It's definitely on a different course than it was on before. So For I'm sure. not going to go and say I'm not going to say it's dead, but it's definitely derailed. That's the train has decided to go a different route, <laughs> and that route was going towards the Scudetto, and now it's stopped and gone a different direction. Well, I, I'd like to say that the tracks went one direction and the train went another, but yeah. that's, 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 that's another story. But, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, Simone Inzaghi, every one of you guys know, anyone who listens to this pod or follows me on social media knows that I, I think he is, and I maintain that he is the next Italian super coach. After, after Antonio Conte, and I wrote as much back in 2017, and I think he's the ideal re- replacement for him. But I, I feel like this is so unfair to him because the, I feel that he was lied to and he was brought in 
under false pretenses. And I don't, I, I honestly think that it's difficult. We're going to have a proper Mercato uh, special uh, when, when the Mercato is over with a very special guest. So stay stay tuned for that uh, the week after the Mercato is closed. So uh, it's it's difficult to to make any kind of predictions on that. But I mean, if we base on how things are today, if 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 it ends today and they bring in Ade Joaquin Correa and the squad is is that is is today. I mean, minus Eddie Salcedo and Pinamonti and all that stuff, and and, and this is the squad, and you add a Correa or a Zapata to that, hopefully Correa. I think Inter, we have a title race on our hands. I really do. I think Inter can challenge Juve. I think Juve will win and edge out in the end, but I do think that Inter can can go far. I think Inter can win the Supercoppa. They can win the Coppa Italia. They'll finish second in the you know in the in the Serie A, and they should be able to get through from the group stage of the Champions League. Like those are my expectations uh, going into this. I'm keen to hear what your expectations are, and I'd like to start with you, Alex. Oh, I'm right there with you. I, I think that uh, competitively, people are so quick to dig Inter's grave. I mean, James, you know, referenced seeing a seventh place prediction. I've seen some fifth places. I've seen a lot of fourths, and and, and maybe fourth is not that crazy. And and I think obviously top four is probably the most important objective heading into this season. But no, the scenario where you described, uh, assuming Lautaro is not sold within the next five days or within the next, you know, 10 months, um, you know, during the season, I, I think that this team can absolutely compete. I mean, uh, I, I'm not even as low on Jekko as some people are. I know, I know he's older, but I think in, you know, more of a limited role with all the depth that Inter could have at the striker position, I think he can do really, really well. Um, assuming Lautaro does stay, I think he's going to be very motivated. Now it's going to feel more like his team than it did over the last couple of years when he had to share time with Lukaku. And then prior to Lukaku arriving, he was Icardi's primary backup and all that mess that was going on. So I think Lautaro could take a huge step forward this season. And, you know, the spine for Inter is the same. Uh, you know, Handanovic, unfortunately, is one year older, but I, I I still think he can do a job back there. And he did still lead City on clean sheets last year. You know, the back three is identical. Uh, I love the re-edition or addition, whatever you want to call it, of Di Marco on the left. And uh, I'm actually pretty bullish on Denzel Dumfries on the right. I know Nima, you and others have some fair concerns about him going from the Dutch league to the Serie A. It's very different. And he yeah. might not hit the ground running, Nima. I, I think that, yeah. you know, yeah. luckily, you know, Inter can also lean on Darmian to get some time there, maybe D'Ambrosio. So perhaps Dumfries is going to have a little time to learn the league. I think he is the athletic traits to, to really thrive in the system. You know, the midfield, it's un- unfortunate what to happen to Erickson, but as far as the more defensive midfielders, it's it's basically identical to last season. So I, I really don't think that this team has taken as big of a step back as some people think. Obviously, the headlines surrounding the club and the players who have left and the coach who left, it can make some people feel like it's the apocalypse and the sky is falling. Uh, but at the end of the day, and I've and for what it's worth, I, I've watched uh, basically every minute of preseason that Inter have played over the past month, and I've I've really liked what I've seen. Now, obviously. You know, it's not the best of the best competition they've been going up against, but structurally, the way that they move, the way they're responding to Inzaghi, uh, I, I've I've been impressed 
so far. So I don't think it's going to be this precipitous drop that some people are predicting. In fact, when when I pick Juve to win a Scudetto, that is, to me, more of a compliment to Max Allegri than it is taking uh, away from Inter. Obviously, I expect Inter to take a step back from last year, don't get me wrong, but I expect Juventus to make a bigger step forward because, to me, the difference in going from Andrea Pirlo, who had no business coaching Juventus. I mean, the <laughs> under-21 coach, fine. That was the job he was supposed to do. Had no business with zero experience coaching the senior team. I mean, the jump that you're making just in the manager from Pirlo back to the master Max Allegri, I think is going to make a huge difference. And that's why I have Juve winning a Scudetto, but I absolutely think Inter can compete with it because to me, the spine of the team is similar enough to last year. I like what James said about there could still be a Conte effect of a carryover when it comes to the chemistry from one year to the next, right? And and we even, we saw some of that, guys, when Sadi took over for Allegri at Juve. Um, you know, they weren't really playing Sadi ball, but when they needed to collect points and win games, they would just revert back to Allegri ball. And that worked for them that one season before Pirlo came in and just sent it all to hell. So I think you could have some carryover effect even with Conte gone. So I'm I'm not nearly as negative as a lot of people are. Um, I suspect Mo, you're 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 not you're, you're with Alex. You're not as negative either. I want to hear your thoughts on 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 that on the Inzaghi thing and, and ex- expectations. I'm with Alex. I'm with Alex. Man, <laughs> I'm two steps ahead of Alex. What are we talking about? We're gonna win the league. <laughs> We're gonna win the league. <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible. For sure. It's not impossible. For sure. For sure. For okay. sure. Okay. okay. I mean. Everything is prob- probabilistic, so uh, you know it, there's there's no uh, there's no way you can define a signal like point and then say this is exactly what's going to happen. It's a, it's a probability, but I think the chances of Inter winning the league are higher than any other teams. Sure, I, I understand Alex's r- rationale. The step up in manager compensates for the reduction in quality of the squad and bridges the gap to a point where uh, Juventus are now potentially better than Inter. Sure, there are scenarios, but I still think on the whole, what Inter have lost and what they have actually compensated for, and again, Dumfries is, is, is an unknown, and, and I just, I think, I, I'm basing this on, on, on the expectation that Dumfries is going to come good and that he's going to become a reliable uh, right wing back to, to replace a portion of what Hakimi did. And let's not forget, Hakimi didn't play every single game. He wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't the man on which the Scudetto was built. The reason that uh, Conte, Conte left is Marotta has learned from his previous mistakes. He knows that uh, an unsatisfied Conte is much worse than uh, no Conte. So they parted ways, and he had understood that uh, Inzaghi would be the right manager to bring on board, and he, Inzaghi was selected because of his style of play, the same way that they, they, they selected Allegri when, when, they, when they parted ways at, uh, at Juve six or seven years ago. But uh, it was probably a bit more calculated this time. And the, the changes that they made in, in over the summer uh, were probably done with, with the blessings of Simone. So I, I don't think from a footballing perspective, with, Mar- with Marotta's continued presence, I don't think that uh, this project is is anywhere but uh, on a track, on a different track than than Conte's, a different interpretation of football, uh, a different 
interpretation of playing in the final third, but still, it's it's a project that is on, on very strong footing. If if if, this, if the financial situation was as dire as we were led to believe, like like James had mentioned, you know earlier, Bastoni would have been sold, Barella would have been sold. It would have been a fire sale. Lautaro would have been sold. These guys, and boom, you make your five six hundred million off off the sale of these guys, and you walk away happy. But that's not that's there's no way that Marotta would continue on a project in that sort of perspective. It's it's a challenging project. It's a challenging season. But I think the transition is being managed extremely well, all things considered. And I think if you look at Atalanta, if you look at uh, Milan, if you look at Napoli under Spalletti, which is you know I'm I'm really fascinated by what's going what's going to be happening in, in, in Naples this year, and then look at Juventus' squad. Which we know is is an imperfect squad, and they have not addressed any of their structural failings, particularly in the midfield and in defense. You know, sure, the is still there, but Chiellini's older, uh, Bonucci's older, Ronaldo's older. We we don't know. We don't know how how all of this is going to fit competitively from either perspective. So I think, uh, despite Inzaghi being a really unknown figure. Uh, in terms of his performance at Inter, I, I feel more confident in saying that uh, probabilistically Inter are probably more likely to, to end up uh, Scudetto winners than, than anyone else. Uh, seeing how, how, how strong the spine uh, of, of the team really is, you know. And, and again, sorry, so this is based on the fact that Lautaro is staying. And even if Lautaro does go, let's see who they replace him. Because again, there's, you know, there, there are no absolutes in life. You can sell Lautaro and replace him well, and and things work out fine. So it doesn't mean if Lautaro goes, you know, it's an apocalypse. But mm-hmm. uh, but I think based based on Lautaro's continued presence, playing with Zeko as his backup, because Zeko is not going to. Be, I don't think him and Zeko are really going to be playing together. Zeko is his backup. Possibly Safiano on one side, Sanchez on the other side, or Zapata on one side. Let's see if he plays with two up front, Zeko and uh, and Lautaro, or one up front and two behind. Again. Uh, but making sure that Lautaro and his 17 to 20 goals are are, are present this season, I think that Inter are probably uh, currently, if the Mercato ends today, are probably better uh, positioned than anyone else in the league. Well, what about you, Mike? Uh, do you agree with that? Like in terms of expectations from Simone on Simone, do you think are you with are you are you as positive as Mo, or are you a little bit with Alex or or and me? Where are you on that? Um. I would say I'm a little bit down the trough. I'm not going to say that, you know, Mo, I, I love the I love the positivity. It's great. And <laughs> you got you have me feeling a little bit better. Uh, I just don't think, I mean, the loss of Lukaku is just too important. That's kind of where I sit. And, you know, how many times did he bury us, you know, out of a, out of a jam last year? I just don't think that replacing him with Jekko, although I do like Jekko and I've always liked him. Um, I thought, again, like James said earlier, one of the most underrated strikers of his generation. I agree with that statement, but he is older, and I I don't think you can compare those two players. He's just too far down the trough. I I, I think we might be competitive for, you know, the title race up until maybe, you know, February, March. Um, but I also, obviously, everything depends on what's going on with Champions League as well. And obviously, we benefited a lot from not being in Champions League uh, last spring. So, look, I think that when push comes to shove at the end of the season, 
Uh, I think the Allegri factor will play a huge part and that he's back at Juve. And I do think that they will um, they will win. And I do think that, you know, if there is anyone that's going to compete with them, it may be us. But I think um, Atalanta will probably be just just right with us as well. I, I'm, I've always been big on them. And uh, with losing Lukaku and Hakimi and Eriksson and, and Conte. And I know I, lo- I, I do really like Inzaghi. And I've you know watched you you know, roam about him for a long time, Nima, and yes, I agree you with you. Yes, and, you I, and, I, and I totally respect it, and I agree with you. I do think he was the number one option to go with in replace of Conte. It's like it's like Marotta knew. As soon as Conte left, Inzaghi was already coming to Inter. I think we already knew that. But, and, and sorry, and, I, and I'll continue speaking Highland, because every year at Lazio, he did do something, you know, I think he elevated that team, you know, a couple spots ahead of what they should have been that year, but he was responsible for you know his first his first year you know quarterfinals of the Europa League he they won the uh, the Coppa Italia in, in his second league uh second year sorry um finished fourth place uh two years ago which was you know better than they what what they were and then you know got out of the group stage of champions last year which was a huge accomplishment I know the group wasn't that great and you know they got screwed out of playing you know Bayern in the next round but still these are accomplishments he made every single year that were probably better than what the team was. So I think that he was the best option. However, I don't think we have the talent that we have to make a title run deep into, say, April, um, obviously depending on what's going on in Europe. So I do think that our likeliest scenario for finishing is is around between second and third, most likely third in my opinion. Well, you know, we're going to have our own thing on that. Uh, we're going to have our own prediction thing after the Mercato. So, 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 um, yeah, it is uh, it, it, that's that. But before we I, before we go, move on to uh, Morji Momorati and Frog of the Week. Um, I wanna, I wanna, I do want to talk about a little bit about Lukaku's legacy at Inter, and I want to hear what you guys think about that. And I want to start with you, Mo. W- what do you think his legacy is going to be at Inter? Do you think it will be the R9 tra- trader, or do you think he'll be, he'll, like, history will treat him kinder? Look, I, I see a lot of uh, conflicting views on, on Twitter, but I don't know if Twitter can uh, can really be a judge, you know, or social media can be a, a good judge of public sentiment. All I can speak of is, is you know, where I uh, where I am few in Tbilisi I speak to personally stand and I think uh, I have nothing but love for for big Ron. you know uh, I, I I think uh, his his uh, his message to the interfans on his departure was not the best worded uh, uh, sort of message uh, but you know it is what it is but this guy uh, came uh, he really did conquer uh, and he, he led us to victory. Uh, he was our talisman, and uh, again, I don't know how Lukaku will perform under a non-Conte coach. Uh, I don't know what would happen under Inzaghi if he goes on like a five, six, seven, eight match uh, non-scoring drought and starts uh, missing wishing chances, and the curva gets groany, and we don't know. He's a very temperamental striker, and and his his. Um, his performances were based on reciprocity and love and adoration between the fans and vice versa. So if you are more confident, so, you know, you never know, you never know what, what could have happened uh, under, under Inzaghi. So all I can say is it's great to leave on a high. I'm, I'm, I'm always a big fan of that. There's no, absolutely no acrimony. He left his, uh, 
our top scorer, uh, our talisman, and uh, really uh, one of the main reasons why uh, we we took home the Scudetto last year. So yeah, no, I I got no no ill will, save for that you know poorly worded uh, message to the fans. Alex, where are you on this? I'm I'm basically where Mo is. I'm gonna remember Lukaku fondly. Um, do do I think he maybe from a PR standpoint? could have handled things a little bit better when he left. Uh, not only was the the statement he made not the best, but he also waited very long to pen it. When I saw, you know, someone like Denzel Dumfries who came in, like immediately wrote a love letter to PSV, Eindhoven and their fans and stuff. I, I thought he did a little bit better, but it's all, all, all this stuff is silly. Like to even bring it up, it's silly. Um, I, I'm going to think about his time on the pitch and the guy, he was a monster. Like, uh, you know, I think about, uh, you know, what he did, especially in derbies against Milan. I, I'm so thankful for his time at Inter. And even, like, for him leaving, someday, hopefully, all parties involved write a tell-all book. Because you'll probably get different stories from everybody. Marotta's tell-all book would say one thing. Pastorello's, Lukaku's, if Stephen Zhang were to ever write the book about how the Lukaku departure went down, you'd probably get four different stories. I, I see some Interisti are now, you know, obviously there's some who who blame Suning, some who try and completely blame Lukaku. I mean, how can I completely blame Lukaku with everything going on at the club? You know, uh, I, I don't really know how much he was nudged towards the door. You know, I, obviously now he's talking about how it's been a lifelong dream to to put on the Chelsea shirt. I know he did. He was there before, but all the unfinished business that he has and all that, which could, just could be the narrative that he's weaving. Uh, because, you know, when we were talking earlier with James Horncastle, you know, the way that this story is getting framed is, you know, even though Inter had said at the beginning of the summer they only needed to make one big sale, and that was Hakimi, then supposedly if Lukaku had not been sold, Lautaro would have been. So it's like, well, yeah, clearly they needed to make another Plus Valenza somewhere. So I'm not going to blame Lukaku for all of that. Um, I loved watching him in an Inter shirt. I, I own two Inter shirts with Lukaku's name and number on the back. Even, you know, my my three-year-old son, he, uh, you know, he, he watches a lot more Paw Patrol than he watches Inter, but the two players that he knows are Lukaku and Lautaro. So hopefully they don't both get sold because if Lautaro gets sold as well, he might end up becoming like a PSV fan or a, or a PSG fan, I should say, or a Chelsea <laughs> fan, which would make me very sad. I'd rather uh, he became a PSV fan, to be honest. That would be interesting. That, that would be you funny. Might, you might need to have another kid then, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. I wasn't planning on it, but if he became like a Juve supporter or something, God forbid, I may need to I may need to try again, you know? But, uh, but no, I mean, the, the, the only thing is, you know, I uh, one thing I wouldn't go as far as to say, because I've seen this thrown out there, I wouldn't go as far to say that Lukaku is an interlegend mm. only because I just don't think that there was enough time served, at least for the way I would define a legend. Maybe my criteria is very high. But when I think interlegend, I, I think of, and this is obviously the most extreme example of staying somewhere forever, but Javier Zanetti to me is where you set the bar. So in, in two seasons, I don't know if I go quite that far with Lukaku, but um, I I will remember him fondly. I'm not going to outright root for him at Chelsea, but if I see him scoring and doing big things, I'm not going to be upset about it either. What about you, Mike? Where are you on that? Well, well, look, we have the the bottom line is with Lukaku is he was the most important player that delivered us a Scudetto. So I have to we have to always respect that. Um, we always always have to to love the guy for for what he did for the club, and he always gave his heart. He always gave his all. 
He was physical. He was strong. He gave 100%. And for that, we cannot knock him. Uh, for what he did in these two years, for, forever, we will always remember him as being, uh, you know, the most the most important piece of uh, of a legendary season that'll go down as uh, one of our favorites. Not maybe maybe not the favorite, but one of our favorites uh, until we stop supporting this team when we die. So, but what I will say is, I just wish he could have handled the departure a little bit better. Um, I, especially, you know, when a player, when, when you're scoring goals and you're kissing the badge and that, that means to me, and that, that means, you know, this is the club that you're a part of and, and, and I love that and I respect that. But when you get sold to a team and the first thing you do is you're talking about the team you you're, you're going to, and not the team you just came from. I want to see more from, from Lukaku just saying, you know, let's, let's, let's wrap things up at Inter first, you know, send messages and that, cause that goes a long way with me before you start saying how happy you are to be at Chelsea. I just want to get that satisfaction as, you know, you, you wish you were still here or at least say, you know, I, right away, I want the first thing I need to see is is talk about Inter first. Then you can move on to Chelsea. Like it, ha- it happened, I'll give you a small example. It happened with a, like a big uh, basketball player um, in Toronto where I live, uh, Kyle Lowry. He was a legend in this city and he was he signed down in, down in Florida. Yes, sir. And... Yeah, he signed down in Miami where Alex is, and the first thing he says is how happy he is to be in Miami. But I'm thinking, well, you've, you've been in Toronto for a decade, and the first thing you do is talk about how, how happy you are to be in Miami. No, talk, talk about you know Toronto first, and then you can move on. That's that's where, where we want to know where your heart is. So that's what just bothered me a little bit with Lukaku, but that will just you know, sting a little bit. And then when I see him, you know, scoring goals for Chelsea and I, I will root for him and I will respect him and I will cheer for him. Um, I love the guy and I, and I wish him all the best. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much on par with you guys. Just quickly before we move on to more Jim Moratti and frog of the summer, um, we do play Genoa. I, I think we can all agree that that's a game that Inter absolutely have to win given the situation and everything we've spoken about. I don't think we've ever had such a long episode of, of studio Inter, but then again, we've never had a summer like this either. So uh, I'm going to go, and get, based on what we've seen, I think Inter are going to play a 3-5-1-1. I think Inter are going to win 3-0. I think Dzeko's going to score twice, and I think Satriano's going to score one. Mo? I like a strong 3-0. I think, yeah, Dzeko scores. I, I hope uh, the midfielders score and get involved more. So let's let's give uh, Barella and Sensi a goal uh, as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, Alex? Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0. Uh, I'm going to have goals for Dzeko and Barella. I do think uh, another one, when I talk about players who I think are really going to pick it up this season after, you know, Lukaku and Hakimi left, uh, I mentioned Lautaro. I think Barella is who's obviously already a great player. I think he's in for a monster year. I think he's going to do more scoring. Is Inter going to need more scoring, I think, from the midfield this season? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going I'm to count Barella in for a goal. Absolutely. Mike? Yeah, Barella only scored a few goals last year, which kind of is surprising because of how, how good of a year he had, right? He only had like what three or four goals, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, yeah, he's, never, he's little... never scored. He's never scored more than six in his in in one season in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, he builds off that nice score, a nice goal he scored against Belgium at Euros. So, uh, you know, I, I agree. I think I think if he can get his goal mark up to you know seven to to eight goals, I think uh, that's a great. That's I mean, that at least can that can bite into Lukaku's. Uh, Goal scoring rate from last year, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll jump on the Betella train for uh, for this week, and uh, let's say it. I mean, we think Satriano was going to start no matter what with Jacko up top. Is that? I think so. I, th- I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. We can we can give Satriano uh, a goal too, and if Goran Pondev's playing, we could always count him for one too, right? Well, um, yeah, 
Like, right, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football, starting with the positivity, which will be presented by Mr. Positivity. This week's Moratti, presented by Mr. Mohamed Nas. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this quality. Uh, yeah, so uh, in a, at the end of a very bleak summer, I look to uh, what... <laughs> what keeps me uh, from killing myself. And I think uh, <laughs> he's uh, the MVP of the Moratis uh, last season, uh, Beppe Marotta. Uh, I think uh, if there's any any glimmer of hope uh, that uh, this club is, uh, is going to continue working well, uh, working well uh, from a footballing perspective, you know, finances aside, I think the Mercato that Inter have had, bringing in Chalanoglu, Deco, and uh, Dumfries, uh, all in total, for uh, just uh, the 12 or 15 million that they paid for uh, Dumfries, is is incredible. So uh, I have to uh, I have to hand it to Marotta. He's my uh, Moratti of the summer. Amen. Right. Let's move on to something much more comical. Uh, this week's frog, which will be presented by Mr. Alex Donner. This is my frog of the summer, and this is not so much of a blooper as it is something that made me smile, but it's not quite positive enough to be a Moratti, but... Marcelo Brozovic has kept me thoroughly entertained despite <laughs> despite all the nonsense going on at Inter. I mean, from from him, you know, peddling his crypto and I'm into crypto, but I think what he's peddling, I'm not so sure I would trust it. But he's peddling he's peddling his Brozo coin and his football stars dot io thing uh, he's got this where is barella series that he's doing on twitter where at one point he's laying next to barella in a hotel bed watching black and white movies and in another one he's like <laughs> a sniper on a hand cart with aiming a nerf gun at barella and then you, you've noticed the timing nema of some of his tweets like right when the uh when the uh the lukaku stuff with chelsea was going down and everyone was losing their minds Brozovic sends out a tweet of him just laying in the pool in his penthouse overlooking the San Siro, just living the life while Rome is burning and crumbling around Inter. <laughs> I, I just love it. I mean, uh, you know, and, and oh, and another thing, he just launched this online store yesterday and I and actually clicked on the link because I'm thinking I'd love to buy some Brozovic merchandise. There's literally one thing for sale at the store, <laughs> and it's a, a 30 euro T-shirt. Like he built this whole online store with literally one item, and it's like I don't think I want to pay 30 dollars for a T-shirt with like 15 euros of shipping or whatever it is. So he is he has kept me smiling despite all this nonsense going on with the club. Yeah, Epic Brozo dot shop. And, yes. and go there. And if you look at that, if you go in there, the photo, like he's built this store, but the photos is so it's like, how can you take such bad photographs in today's day and age with with cell phones that can shoot movies? It's um, it, it, yeah, he is. He is quite the character. Right. Let's move on to something much more negative this week's uh, this summer's Moji, which we presented by Mr. Michael Gallup.
Well, there's a there's a lot of options. Uh, we could go with this. Um, I, mean, I I kind of looked at you know the whole Sunni situation. Um, you know, selling our best player from last year and Hakimi, and and I looked at that. And I'm like, you know, we already talked about this, but I want to maybe talk about uh, the situation that hits me kind of personal. Is that our Serie TV rights in Canada have been an absolute mess, and at this point right now, we don't have one. And we've had you're not the, zone the only the last... one. You're not the yeah. only one and in the Middle East and is... North Africa as well. It's an absolute in Denmark. I read somewhere they don't either. It's absolutely insane. What is going on right now? And I'm and I'm I work in television. I work I work for our number one network in in Canada. We are not a Serie A rights holder. We we I don't know. We we just bought La Liga this year for the first time, and sure enough, Messi leaves. So that kind of derailed really quickly. But like, <laughs> uh, it's just like. Uh, DAZN had it the last couple of years, and it was great, and it, I was you know, able to watch uh, whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and, and it could be later, it could be live, it didn't matter. And right now, we don't have an official rights holder, and and it's has me screaming like, what am I doing to to watch this year? And uh, we've got a, a local network that has like one or two games a week, but it's like it's it's not even like HD; it's in like like no def- definition television, which is horrible. So it's like we, we don't know how to watch right now, and we don't know if there's if they're going to come to a deal last minute to to put on the rights. I don't know who's sleeping. Is it our Canadian rights holders, or is it uh, is it Serie A themselves who are you know trying to whiffle up better deals? I don't, we don't know. But at, at this very moment, it's going to be very hard for Canadians to be watching Serie A this year, and and it sucks because the last few years are so great. I know in the states. Last year, ESPN had it, which was awesome. Uh, now they have La Liga. That's kind of why we got La Liga too, because ESPN has a stake in our network. So at this point, I have to give it to to, to whoever's at fault. Probably, probably the league for not coming to agreement with. I'm sure they've got bids. They're just not agreeing to them. So I don't know what's going to happen this year. And I and I I'm looking for emergency backup plans to watch because uh, if not, I'm going to have to watch illegal streams, which I do not want to do. Amen. Amen. That's 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 absolutely true. Right. Uh, that's all we had time for this week. This Studio Inter XXL season premiere. Uh, we've never had an episode this long, um, but I hope we enjoy it. We'll be back next week um, and we'll have a very special guest. Um, we got some good guests coming up um, until I'd like to thank James Horncastle. I'd like to thank you, Mo. It's great to talk to you again. Thank you very okay. much. It was a really, uh, really lovely getting kicking the season off with you guys. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Alex Dono. It is always a pleasure. So happy to be back on. And it feels like uh, six months since the Scudetto. <laughs> six years. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Michael Gallo. Thanks for having me, guys. Really nice to hear all of your voices, especially the great voice of Alex. Agreed. Agreed. It, it, it is. It's 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 uh, it's it's balm for the soul. Um, that, <laughs> uh, uh, until next week, I'm your host, Nimatavale Rutsari, wishing you to wishing you health. Stay safe. Uh, Wishing you and your family health and and to stay safe. Listen to your authorities. Three points and sempre e solo. Forza Inter.